Ripley's a gorilla by yeah. about like what four hundred pounds, mm. something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's you know it's a lot heavier. Mm. It can grow to about ten feet tall. Um, but gorillas have a lot more strength. Yeah. And also explosive strength. They've got explosive strength, but what they what we also have to consider is the fact that a gorilla is very smart. Now, here's my mm. hypothesis. They're clo- we're the closest so, animals to us. The, out of the two, is especially. Probably, yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> out of the two. <laughs> out of the bear and a gorilla. <laughs> the the gorilla is more like us. Excuse me, in my community. J. Robin, massive bear. <laughs> the phrase is otter. <laughs> oh, I'll, ot- I've got a thing about otters, but I'll leave that for another podcast. But anyway, continue. Yeah, so, uh, here is my thing. So, like, gorillas have a lot more intelligence to them. Now, yeah. we've seen that we can teach uh, gorillas things like sign language yeah, and yeah, have it fully cool, understand yeah. what it means. Why don't we just learn how to teach a gorilla some martial arts? So the gorilla gets prep time. And the gorilla can get prep so surely, time. Well, but surely that's not fair. Well, no, but the bear gets prep time as well. Yeah, so, like, who, so who could have the better fight? So do we tell the bear that you're fighting the <laughs> yeah. gorilla, and the, or we tell the gorilla, "Hey, let's put you into a fight camp for yeah. six months because you're going to UFC." Yeah. That doesn't seem very fair. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, is that kind of what they did with Brock Lesnar when he went to the UFC? <laughs> <laughs> Pop. <laughs> I mean, if we can all agree I'm glad on this is a visual podcast and you see yeah. me like spitting my juice out. Oh, yeah, if we can maybe agree to disagree on who would win the fight, but we can all unanimously agree that Kevin Williams needs to book this for the <laughs> fight before Christmas. Book Commissioner. Commissioner. T-shirt's coming soon, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's what we need. The worldwide life fun getting on us instead, yeah. Of, yeah. instead of Kinetic. We're going to take down the WWF voice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, welcome to the latest edition of the SW podcast. I am Patrick Patelski, joined by my lovely co-host uh, That's your yeah. name, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just uh, still too busy. You were thinking, thinking, you were thinking about who was going to win. I'm, I'm still too busy. It's it's rocking my mind um, a bit too much. But yeah, I am Duke Cannon, uh, one half of Game On, yep, and uh, co-host of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And we've heard a bit from him already. But our guest is the Rainbow Renegade, as you're now going by. Yeah. Very nice name, I like it. Mr. J. Robin, how you doing? I'm good, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That's okay. How's your neck after that match with ADM? Because it looks uh, very, very sore. Uh, uh, a week the moved, it's a lot better. Good. But uh, yeah, at the time it was yeah. uh, it was, uh, it was, was not a fun night. What an effort though, by the way. Thank you. I, I think you uh, proved a lot of people wrong. Said it on commentary with J.P. Hamilton. You took the fight at six hours notice. Yeah. Locker rooms offered this match. Kale Baha suddenly uh, come down with an illness. First man with his hand up. Never give anyone a chance. Yep. Yeah. Give me ADM. And but. I think that's the. I think the thing as well is like knowing how fiercely ADM was wanting to face Caleb as well, mm-hmm. and having someone else who is not Caleb, like in his stead, that's just gonna piss him off. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, he was not happy uh, when he came out and saw me. Uh, but you know, like I've, I've, I've. I've been I've been looking for an opportunity to prove myself and 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 and, and, and that people know who Jay Lobin is and yeah. I thought this was a good opportunity and quite frankly like I don't like bullies no I don't like people who throw the weight around and ADM is certainly comes across to me both backstage and when I see him out in the ring as a bully now yeah he beat me but uh, he's going to remember 
like the fight that I put up, he's going, he's not going to take me as lightly as he did uh, as he did that time if we ever face off again. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, it was yeah like six hours notice is not a lot of time to prepare for a man like ADM, but um, I'm I'm just glad that everyone seems to feel like I, uh, I, I when I stepped up that I uh, I showed that I deserve to be here. Yeah, and, you definitely and, did, and, and, and then yeah. some. Proud of you, mate. Well done. Thank you. Well done, uh, well done that one, man. So looking forward, though, we've got a show to promote, Duke. This is why we do this podcast. But before that, we're going to learn a bit more about uh, Mr. J. Robin, mm-hmm. and we're going to kick off with your five questions of doom. Yeah, so if you are joining us for the first time, the five questions of doom are five quick-fire interview questions so that we can get to know our guests just a little bit better. So Whether they'll be answered quick-fire or not. Is another thing. It's uh, well, I'm fine with that. I mean, we've, we've had we've they've kind of started going a little bit less quick fire than we originally hoped. I enjoy long form. I, 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 I had I had Ewan's uh, podcast uh, interview with Ewan, and Ewan's answers was like listening to War and Peace. Yeah, but right. it's it's um, I will try and be quick, but. You brought notes. You're not going to get notes. I've got notes. I got notes so I can just answer these questions and not like lambo too much. Okay. But anyone who's ever met me knows that that is an absolute lie and yeah. this will not work out. <laughs> well, I appreciate the effort. <laughs> <laughs> these were made an hour before before coming. Well, less notice than you had for ADM. <laughs> You've had a few weeks to prepare for this, and you wrote your notes an hour ago. <laughs> I was having a very. I was like, oh, I've got plenty. I've got like, I've got a long weekend. I'm gonna take some time. I'm just gonna light some stuff up, and I'll uh, go off have it. And then um, I had a really good weekend. I've been going out, uh, spending time with uh, my boyfriend, and, yes. and just doing stuff. So like, I was not had the time, and I was just like, I've got an hour before I get picked up. I should probably light something down. <laughs> so uh, that, this was very quickly scribbled uh, on the bed, looking at. Um, the, the results for uh, the pay-per-view mm. that I've picked. Uh, I mean, to be fair, you're probably the first person to come with notes. Yeah. I, I've, I've never seen anyone else actually uh, taking a note along with them. So, uh, again, we, we, we appreciate the, uh, the preparedness. <laughs> I would have had notes if I did have prep time, but I didn't because Dickie Divers, the coward that he is, Pulled out of the podcast last minute. Yeah. And um, again, he says it was due to traffic, but yeah. I mean, you can slash your own tires as well and say, oh, well, my tires have been slashed. Can't go up to Dundee. <laughs> Can't come up and see the boys. Yeah. But. Uh, man's a champion. Yeah. He oh, he's got champ shit to do. Yeah. yeah. Champion, <laughs> champion, st- champion stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> he would have even got champion's advantage as oh. well. Oh. Like, he would, have, he would have gotten two choices on this podcast for the first question and that first question is mm-hmm. if you were stuck on a desert island and you could take any pay-per-view to keep you occupied while you were stuck there what pay-per-view would you take and why or a premium live event for the kids well. out there for the kids out yeah. there we're done with the kids um, no these were pay-per-views mm. uh, I'm going a bit uh, one's going to show my age a little bit but the, uh, I've got an honourable mention, which is going to be Money in the Bank 2011. Oh, very then, topical. Yeah. For, for reference, <laughs> yeah, we are recording... Considering what happened last night. For reference, we are recording this the day after Survivor Series, where <laughs> our truth may has returned, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Randy Orton. Oh, no, what I don't know what It's snack time. It's snack, snack time. time. I laughed far um, too much at that meme. Yeah, so that, that show, I think, it's, it's 
going like literally looking at the results before I came here, I was like, that's a five match card. It's a re- but it's like I was like, surely there's more on it, but there wasn't really. Was it two money in the back matches? Was it that? Yeah, two, two ladder yeah. matches, uh, world title match, and there was a women's uh, women divas divas title match. Yes. Uh, before Stephanie McMahon invented women's wrestling. Yes. 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 Before she invented women. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Gloria Steinem, eat your heart out. You're nothing compared to the feminist icon that is Stephanie McMahon. What I mean, what even were the suffragettes? <laughs> uh, so yeah, like that. That is just like like the, the SmackDown ladder match is won by Daniel Bryan, mm. but like the like the people in that Daniel Bryan dashing Cody Rhodes, yeah. not you know like dashing like when he had a mustache for some reason. That was great. Heath Heath Slater, Gabriel uh, Gabriel Kidd, Kane, Sin Cara, Sheamus, and Wade Barrett. Like the basically you've got half the Nexus in there. Yeah. Great and uh, great match. Daniel Bryan obviously went on to win the belt uh, a few months later. Oh, and he he beat Big Show after Big Show beat Henry. Was that uh, that? Way? Yeah, think yeah, it was yeah. that way or was it the other way that I was? Big, yeah, because this was like Hall of Pain, Mark Henry. Yeah, and was... then Big Show finally got a a big win, and then instantly got cast on. Yeah, uh, the law one was uh, Alberto Del Rio, Alex Lyle, Evan Bourne, Jack Swagger, Kofi, Miz, Artruth, and Lay. Of course, Artruth. What stacked uh, match? Uh, Artruth, of course, making this the turn again. Uh, but yeah, like ADR won that. Like uh, noble like, prick. And like two, <laughs> two, ladder, two ladder matches on a show that I like. Still, you can go back. Just put those matches on. Yeah, like great matches to watch. Yeah. You can't always say that about ladder matches. All no, that's time. true. Because uh, they can be a bit like, like carnage, and it's hard to follow. So many guys in both these matches, and it's just a great thing. And then like. Christian versus Orton for the World Heavyweight title. Yes. And then Punk versus Cena, of course. Yes. Uh, kicking off the the uh, summer of Punk. The second that summer. Fl- of that flared out like two weeks later, yeah. but it was great. And like that's all. Like as a mod in modern era, that's something that I a pay per view I can watch anytime. Yeah, it was a good but night. my all time favorite pay per view of all time is Royal Rumble '94. Oh, okay. So there's multiple reasons. One, it was uh, my cousin had sort of got out of wrestling. This is like 98, 99. My aunt had all these tapes, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlams, gave them to me. Yeah. Royal Rumble 94 was the, one of the first ones I watched. And I just, like, I was like, there's all these guys that I recognised because I was out of, I hadn't got really back into wrestling properly yet. And it was like, it's like, Owen's on the show, Brett's on the show, Razor Ramon. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash as, as Diesel, uh, Undertaker, Yokozuna. So it's all these guys that I kind of recognised from like a few years before. I have, I'd never saw this show before, and like I, I think I wore that tape out. Just such a, a such a, and it's like it's the first time I ever saw Luna Vachon, who mm. at the time terrified me. Probably would, if I ever met, if I ever actually met, got a chance to meet her in person before she died, she probably would actually just like eat me alive because like she's that scary. Uh, but she was on the show as like managing Bam Bam Bigelow versus Tatanka. Tatanka was kind of like a big, became like a big thing for me for like a few months in 1999. Don't know why. Um, I, I hear this like chops to the head are quite dangerous. But in general, that was like one of the first matches on the show. And I'm like, okay, Tatanka, I, I love this guy. He's amazing. Uh, and then it followed up with like, it's the Quebecers versus Owen and Brett. And they'd already started to tease the Owen Brett thing. And then at the end of that match, you know, he kicks Brett's leg out and totally goes out and does that promo and he's got the spit hanging out the side of his mouth and that and he, like it's a great like it was the start of Owen becoming a you know a star mm. essentially and then it goes like, like a bit of a breakout for him yeah then you got because uh, obviously like you know Mania is like three months away at that yeah. point Brett, Brett or Owen at Mania is amazing yeah. and then the SummerSlam match in the cage uh, that year as well was fantastic but like this is the start of it 
Laser versus IRS for the IC belt is probably like my least favourite match on that show. I love Scott Hall, I love Laser Ramon, but it's IRS and like no offence to Mike the Thunder, but like it's a tax man. Like I don't like I don't, no one likes paying their taxes. Uh, all right here. <laughs> um he should have been in a tag team with the Undertaker. And they should be called Death oh, and Taxes. Oh, Death and Taxes. Death and Taxes. And, and Undertaker came in with the Million Dollar Man. Exactly. It was all, it was all there. Undertaker and, and IRS, Death and Taxes. It would have been amazing. Yeah. For, and then it's like followed up by Yoko taking the casket, which is fantastic. Taker dies at the end. And then Luger and Brett win the Lumble. And I remember thinking, like, oh my God, a triple threat. Oh, yeah, in 94. Not what happened at all. <laughs> but like, that's where my brain was because I'd saw triple yes. threats just by that, by that point. But that was like kind of like, but yeah, Loyal Number 94, I just think is, it's the, it's, a, it's such an easy show to watch. It's so enjoyable and everyone on it, especially even in the Lumble match, which again, is kind of like lads can get a bit uh, confusing to watch sometimes. Like everyone knows what they're doing and you can follow it. And it's just so much fun. And like random Japanese guys show up and then you've got like the, the, the I think Ric Flair's in that. Like yeah. Ric Flair like, like left WWE the next night. Uh, losing to Mr. Perfect, who I think eliminated them, and it's just, there's, a, there's a, all the stories that the WWE do at the time just all conglomerated in this one match. And yeah, Loyal Lumble Netflix is, I think, one of the greatest pay per views of all time. I'm sure there's people online who are going, This guy knows nothing. You can see why he used to get on with uh, with you. <laughs> he was also an early 90s Rumble pick, wasn't it? I think it was 93 he picked. I think he picked 93. Yeah. yeah. yeah 93 is a good one as well. That's the, the one Yoko won. I have that tape as well. Yeah. But for some reason, I watched it after '94, and even though they say '93 and '94 on the on the on the the boxes, when I put them on the shelf in order, '93 always came after '94 for some reason. Because apparently, as a nine-year-old, I didn't. I was an idiot. Um, as 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 a thirty-something now, I am also an idiot. But nine-year-old, I was particularly stupid. So, so interesting as well. But now that Royal Rumble '93 and Royal Rumble '94, no one will ever pick Royal Rumble '95. No, well, and but nobody's picked ninety two yet, and that's con- widely considered like the best one. I mean, that is a controversial take. It's the worst Lumbo of all time. I am not a fan of Lumbo <laughs> ninety two. It's like yeah, it's impressive for Flair winning the belt, but everything else is kind of just uh, it's, it's, it's Hogan. Just, it's just bowling to sore me. loser Hulk Hogan. It's bowling to me. I would rather watch ninety four. Before 93. before we get into that for another hour, we'll move on. <laughs> so Duke's second question, do is if you could form a tag team with any character, fictional, non-fictional, wrestling, non-wrestling, who would it be and why? Um, like a like a proper full-on tag team, I'd actually pick someone that I've tag with. Um, and that, um, it's probably surprised you guys, but it's going to be Ewan. You're going to go back to Ewan G. Mackey? I would say, <laughs> when I got back into wrestling at uh, indie, the indie level and watching Scottish lesson Ewan G Mackey was someone that I saw him and this guy gets it he's different knows what he's doing and he's just it's, he was so fascinating to me and that's you know like that's one of the reasons why you could he, 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 I think I ended up joining the paradigm uh, was because of that was like that admiration but also like understanding that his what his message was which was you know like I'm underappreciated and uh, people should notice me and pay more attention to me. I feel that as well sometimes. I definitely felt like that previous, uh, uh, prior to joining the Paradigm and definitely throughout it, there was definitely a thing of me of me feeling like, yeah, people don't care about me. No matter what I do, I work twice as hard to get half of the award. And it's exactly the sort of thing that you and 
said to me to get me to join. It's exactly the sort of thing that like Dee Dee took me in. And Ewan's a comedian and he's a been very he's been different people over the years. He's been a goblin of the ski, of the skies, he's been a pilot, a goblin of the seas, he's been a clown, he's now a teletubby. Uh, a long term thing with Ewan where it was a based on a thing of mutual respect mm-hmm. rather than him wanting people to help to help him do his bidding, yeah, I would love to do something like that because I've saw I've saw the mind of the man. We found ourselves together again. I think it would be a very different, um, different dynamic, different dynamic, different situation. And yeah, yeah I would definitely different paradigm. Oh think. yes, we'd love to. Yeah. see Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing is that the, the the paradigm now is like um, different to what it was even when I was in it with with uh, Holden and Valak. Like that was like three guys, four guys, you know, including you in this who did feel overlooked, who did feel that they weren't getting the uh, accolades, I can't think of a better word for that, that they felt they deserved. But Opportunities, they, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And, and and the paradigm now is, I think Ewan realised that, you know, what having guys who, yeah, while looked up to him and wanted his advice and that would help him out, now he's got someone who is um, a little pet for him to mm. play with. Uh, who will do whatever he says and never question anything, and that's what he's got now. And if that's what Ewan wants to do with, with uh, Tom Tom Atlas, formerly known as Titanium, like if that's what he wants to do with Tom, fine. But like he, he I don't think, I don't think he'll reach the success he did with us in the group. I don't think that the the the, the paradigm, the neo paradigm, the new neo paradigm, like the the new men that express that what the new men, the new lockers that what the new the new neo paradigm ain't going to work either. But the new Nexus led to Money in the Bank 2011. <laughs> the one time, the one time new in less than actually was. I mean, we did. What about the new day? Oh, yeah, but they were never. The, they were never. Yeah, they, they were, were. They started as new. They were never the second version <laughs> of the new day. The day. <laughs> we did see a potential crack in Ewan's normally sort of stoic exterior at the end of his match at the last FCW show. He's, I called it on commentary. There seemed to be a bit of a remnant of feeling there, remaining with yeah, with Botchico. Yeah. So there is, like for there's a, there's a, there is there's still, a human there, there is still something there. So you never know. Maybe down the line, he might remember the the days that he had with you, and might think, right, let's maybe give this another go. But, yeah, yeah, it's a long road. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I was I was kind of surprised to see him. Um, not as surprised as Tom Atlas was. He was raging. Yeah. That's not what you signed up for, I don't think. I don't think it is. It's, I mean, I remember there being something that you had said on his episode of the podcast where he said he'd be disappointed if Tom doesn't turn on him at some point. If Tom was that surprised, I'm not like I'm not a betting man by any means, but I don't know if there's maybe going to be something, something appearing sort of down the line. It just, it, it seems a bit too. Raw for yeah. me to like ignore. There's but definitely something. Not all is not well. Like I said, I don't think Tom's getting what he signed up for. I don't think he's maybe maybe that's what I, I, mean, I, I, think, I think, think that's what you guys found out yeah, when you joined I, as well. You're like, this isn't what we signed up for, and eventually yeah. you guys um, I mean, said no it, thanks. It, it, I mean, like the, the thing is that as as much as I've just said, you know, you and you know, there's all these things, and that he's also he's also a liar. Yeah. Well, he like, sucked. He sucked. He sucked you in. Maybe the same way that he sucked Tom in. This promise of like fame and fortune and riches, like um, and like you know, like you'll get your opportunities. You know, I had uh, one opportunity when I was in the paradigm, and it was against Duke and Spike Tierney at Nainasi yeah. for the junior heavyweight title. At the end of that show, I come out 
with Holden, with Varlick, uh, and we are there to support Mackey and help him. Mm-hmm. Against uh, Johnny uh, Lyons, wasn't we it? All get, yeah, yeah, we all get sent to the back. After the, after the match, um, you know, when uh, Brian fast counted and Kevin Williams, likely so, yeah. the best the decision. What's, what does you say? Boys, get them. Ewan says he never told us to do anything. What was that? Mm. What was that? Ewan, Ewan told us to, Ewan told us be there to support me. Ewan told us afterwards get out there and beat him up. Didn't work out the way we wanted it to. We ended up getting beat up ourselves. But you know, Ewan told us to be there. At the start of that show, I say I've got friends here as well. Mm-hmm. My friends and that my friends were Valak, Holden, Ewan, like acquaintances, whatever. They are. Where were they from? Where were they in my title match? They weren't anywhere to be found, and that's one of those things where they, that's that's where the clack started to form. That's where I started to see things a bit differently. I still supported you, and I was thinking, you know, maybe it's just a blip. Yeah. Maybe it's just maybe it's just a moment. But I'm here now. I'm not in the paradigm. No. And it wasn't because you can say he kicked us out. We walked out. He told us to leave. We walked out. The next time we come out, he tries to say, "Oh, we kicked out the paradigm." No, we walked out on you, mate. Revising you history. kicked us to the. You, yeah. you told us to go back. You told us to go to the back, and we went. We went to the back and went. Screw this guy. We'll all leave him. Because yeah. like now he's a megalomaniac who doesn't. Who, who's just who's lo- losing his grip on things. Mm-hmm. I'd be struggling to deal with that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, it's a form of gaslighting. And what, what did he do at the end of the night? He lost his belt. He lost. His, he, he lost the paradigm. He lost the belt, and he lost his grip on. He, as he lost his grip on the alley. Hey, don't talk about losing belts, man. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> So, go for it, Jake. Next yeah. question. Let's uh, move on to question three. Now, question three is, if you could have a match against anyone living or dead, who would it be? Sean Walkman. Oh. Okay. X-Pac, 123Kid, Six. Any combination of those names yeah. that he's had in uh, other companies he's worked. Uh, when I got back into wrestling in uh, 1999, he was the European champion, or just lost it to Shane McMahon. This is just sort of post wrestling. The best belt. The best. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those. We've got this in common. My, the European title belt, uh, the WWF European title belt from um, 97 to 2002, whenever it lasted, is for me one of the most beautiful belts that they've ever had. I think Billy is also a big. Big fan is, of the, uh, of the is, European title. Uh, when well, I did a podcast interview with him, I'm, he had it in the background of the yes. video, and I was just like, that is a fantastic belt. That and the big gold are the two best belts. Whenever I'm around at your flat, I just kind of go and I just put it on, and I'm like, <laughs> one day. <laughs> I, I, have, I, have that, I have that because. And uh, yeah, Patrick has visited a there few times. Uh, he has. Uh, he has. Uh, Love the childhood tried to, dream. Try to avail himself of my belts. And I'm uh, just like, we can just put an FCW sticker on this, and like we've got another, <laughs> we've got another championship. Like, book it, commissioner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, but that whole thing, like um, Sean Walkman and Shane McMahon at that time. Uh, I don't know what it was about those two. Um, I think Walkman definitely had a punk attitude that I definitely um, sort of gravitated to the whole DX thing, uh, which had kind of broken off by that point. But I was like that whole thing, and just everything he does in the ring and I went back and watched stuff that he did the match with Bret Hart uh, stuff in WCW with Eddie Guerrero and things like that I just really enjoy um, all that stuff and I'd love to just like do something with him because he's such a, a good wrestler like I'd lose like I know I'd lose but I think I think it'd be a lot of like it'd probably be the funnest match of my career just getting to actually like wrestle my heel of yeah. 
which, nine, which, nine, nine year old Jay which, which, which version of the many iterations of Shrock? Oh, uh, I mean, I mean, obviously it would be X Factor X Pack, but okay. but if we're not picking that, which would it be? Um, X Factor X Pack has the best music. And um, you are dealing um, with the um, X Factor, um, um, <laughs> yeah. I love that tune. And, I, and then I, you come out to follow me. Yeah. And I was at Uncle Cracker party. <laughs> I, I remember I was at a training session one time with um, Spike, and we were talking about music, wrestling music, and we were going, oh, this, like, from this list on YouTube of like the worst wrestling tunes of all time. And we were, it's like 10, 9, 8, whatever. We went through those 10 things. And I was just like, and I'd been going on about how Uncle Clark's ex Factor theme was the best. Yeah, this is the worst music. And I was just like, That's this part was nothing yeah. about music. Um, but yeah, like, can't I, appreci- you have to appreciate yeah, Uncle but, Cracker, man. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think if I was the, 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 the peak, era, peaks, uh, peak red, Sean. Red, red, red DX outfit. Uh, from like late ninety eight X Park. That was that when Kane was like sort of in the X. This was just before Kane. This would be like the Jeff Jarlett right, feud okay. where like they shaved his uh, Jeff Jarlett's head yes. and Finkel was involved and stuff like that. They should have went all in on X Park and Kane. Kane yeah. you should have Green Kane. No Green, green Kane no. and DX would be great. Blue Kane. I want to see Blue, blue Kane. Kane. Or Yellow Kane. Yellow Kane. Or he comes back as like a Prince gimmick and it's purple Kane. Purple Kane. Put him in an orange version, have him come out to Eye of the Tiger. See, like, I, I genuinely. It's just like a massive Dundee United strip. If you like it, Oh, can you imagine Kane playing for United? Oh, oh. get him up front. Kane, Glenn Kane and Harry Kane up front. <laughs> I do thoroughly support the idea of like treating Kane like the ninjas from Mortal Kombat and just just doing colour palette swaps. <laughs> oh, you have Rainbow Renegade and Rainbow Kane. Yes, yes, yes. That he'd, he'd love that. Yes, he'd yes. have no issue with that yeah, at all. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Kane would absolutely love to be Rainbow Kane. <laughs> okay. Oh, I have fun on this podcast. It's great. <laughs> so. Uh, so Jay Robin, if you weren't a professional wrestler, if you could have gone down any other profession in life other than pro wrestling to make your living, what would it have been? Um, so when I was um, my, my late teens, early twenties, I was kind of looking into doing stuff involving film and lighting. Okay. So I think it would probably be something like that. I've always like I enjoy telling stories. Um, yeah, I could see you as a writer. <laughs> yeah, that could. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've written stuff in the past. I've got, excuse me, um, I've got uh, notebooks full of like ideas and like stories and stuff like that. Because I can't, I, I can't write on a, a, a laptop. Mm. I can edit on a laptop. I can type up. I can type up after I've written it. And but you have to get like the idea. Yeah, like, pen and paper. Yeah, it needs to be that, pen yeah. and paper or pencil. Yeah. I, I need to write it down. I used to work at a retail job, and I would literally stand at the counter lighting in a notebook like a story and then oh I'll go help this customer and I'll immediately go right back because like what's like minimum minimum wage minimum effort yep. uh, <laughs> I've been in you don't pay me enough to not do this so I think I, think, I was saying this to one of my colleagues in uh, my job during the week uh, I used to work retail as well I think it should be the new form of national service so if anyone doesn't know I, I used to have national service I've you have a, yeah. a lot of countries around the world still where um, usually guys they have, when they're like 18 they have to go off and join the army for a couple of years and do the national service then they can 
you've done your bit for your country and come back and decide bollocks to that go and work in a shop as someone someone who's worked in like retail when like in service jobs and that like the uh, level of abuse you get from people is insane and I think a lot of time it comes from people who have never had to work in a job like that and I've said I've said before to people like I think a national service where you have to work in a shop or, or a, a restaurant cafe or, or something, a like that. Yeah. something like that where you have to deal with people yeah. might actually te- uh, teach you some like humility yeah. and uh, like some basic uh, you know I bet you're like the most po- human I bet, decency I bet you're the most polite person when you go to a restaurant or a shop Absolutely. because you know what it's like yeah I, I'm, I'm the same. I, I, if I have to say I, I mean if, if something's long I will do it, I will, and like, you know, like, the overcharge or something, I will raise it in the most polite manner possible, because I know it's not their fault, yeah. it's a boring job, they've probably just got the slap, so I'm not going to, like, thing on them, but, if, I've also, I've also been that guy who's got really angry, because you're trying to, you're trying to be polite, and some manage, managers in particular love to argue and be like, no, that's never going to happen, I'm like, no, no, that's, that's, no, you've messed up, I'm trying to be polite here, just fix your mistake and we can move on and they will not and so yeah like I as as nice as I can be when I go to lessons sometimes it's not if I don't get my own way if you can explain it to me why I can't get my own way that's fine but when you're just being uh, 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 an obstruction for the sake of being an obstruction yeah I'm not dealing with that I will I will raise my voice and and uh, get all the attention <laughs> retail sucks man yeah. Speaking on the note of like national service, I think I'd rather do like a tour of Hellman than work at retail. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I know what I would do. I think I would rather do the the retail just because I don't think I could take orders from someone like that. Like, I, like just like go out there and see what's going on. Like I'm gonna go keep in my bed, mate. Like I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's hot. Like. <laughs> I get the sense like retail at Christmas. You know, like the heaters are blasting. I'm taking orders from someone I don't respect. There's one thing I would rather do less than those two things, though. Is I'm doing some reading earlier on, and I came across. You can read. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, in two languages, I came across uh, this bit of it information. It doesn't count if it's if, it, if it's Elvish from one. Ah, that's language. true. Yeah. So I, f- I came across this uh, uh, interesting thing I found on the internet. And uh, I think Mr. Callum will be very interested in this because I've been I've been threatening to drop some knowledge for a while about one of his hobbies and interests. Okay. The World of Warhammer. Okay. Uh, found something. I thought he was going to say World of Warcraft. No, no, don't worry. Don't worry. Like, no, I wouldn't do that to him. So I I was reading about this planet in the Sanctus Reach, okay. which has this uh, apparently never-ending tidal wave going around the planet, and which means that the residents of that planet are permanently nomadic and their their whole lives are constantly spent outrunning a never-ending tidal wave <laughs> yes i got approval <laughs> i'm impressed that you, you that's said that deep over you, you, you said i got approval but your dad never said no, no, no. Of you. <laughs> definitely never will now <laughs> He showed, he showed me love in different ways. Got, I got the odd nod every now and then. That was a deep cut of yeah. war right there. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, I, I, I know nothing of war. No. Warhammer. No, I, I now know one thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's called Warhammer. There you go. 
Back to my dad, though. Shout out to my dad. That's, that's weird time. He went on holiday recently with my mum uh, during the summer there, and he sent me a random photo of him wearing an FCW shirt that he bought and didn't tell me about. So he's clearly then found that Mad Mart sells the shirts, and then has bought one, and then has went to some where, where, where was he? Where Sadly, it was it wasn't like some sort of populous area where he could like really promote us. It was like just in a wee village in Greece. There's like one person in Greece that saw yeah. that and went, I'm going to listen to the podcast. Yeah. And so, first Slovakia, Duke, and now Greece. <laughs> and we're taking over, and then we can bring the European title back because there'll be a reason to. Exactly, lads on tour. Yeah. And then we build a rocket and go with this planet just, as a title wave. Just message, <laughs> Mad, just message Mad Match now, like, we need FCW stickers that will fit over this logo. Yes, yes, that's happening. <laughs> So we move on to our final question. We shall move yeah. on to the final question there. So, for your final question, Jay Robin, why do you wrestle? It's it, it's a hard question to ask. It's like why? No, no, it's very easy to ask. It can be. Well, I know what you mean. It, it, it can be answered in many different ways, yeah, depending like, on how you interpret yeah, the question. It's a hard question to answer. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Messing that up. Yeah. Thanks for putting that joke. We're all friends now. Yeah. No, we are friends. This, you know. <laughs> um, it's, it's it's hard to say because like, it's like why it's uh, you know my mother's asked me like why why do you do this why do you want to have people pick you up and slam you into the ground why you know they yeah but you uh, don't want that to happen no, <laughs> you, 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 you want to avoid that. just like, why do you want to do this why do you want to yes. uh, hit people why do you want them. Uh, why why are you allowing yourself to be hit back and stuff like that? And it's yeah. just like, and honestly, this is going to sound such a it's fun. There's um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun thing to do. There's a, there's a you know like while I've, you know sort of talked about the stuff within the paradigm. Those the four of us together, there was a camaraderie between us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm you know I'm in a different locker room now. I'm I'm, I'm sitting next to guys like Duke, like Spike T in there. Um, and it's a different. It's there's the, it's the it's a, it's not the same camaraderie, but it's there, and I can we can we can talk and 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 communicate about this thing that we are so passionate about doing. And I think that's the thing that no, um, no one in no one in Leicester is doing this if they're not passionate about it. And I think it it it, it can it can control your life in a way at times. Like there's not a moment where I don't think about. Less than sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, sorry to my amazing boyfriend, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like like less than is just there, and like I want, I, I take pride in, in 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 standing up for what you know, like this match with a, that I just had with ADM. Like I said earlier, I don't like bullies. I don't like people who throw their weight around uh, just because they think they can. So I'm doing it for like to. To, to show people who are like me um, that at every level you're going to come across bullies but that doesn't mean that you should let them push you around and mm-hmm. that you can't do something to stop them I decide to do it by trying to beat them up if you want to report them to HR do that yeah. whatever you have to do and also just in general like I want to leave something in less than even at the level that we wrestle at you know we're not WWE but we are FCW we are and I want to like I came into this company right after the pandemic uh, when everything started to back, open back up and it was a great company to be uh, around 
compared to where I've been for folks and been in other places. Uh, and they wouldn't, they're, not, they're not as good as this. They, they just weren't. And I want to leave something behind for other people. Like, find something, uh, leave, leave, leave something, leave something better behind for the people that are coming after you. And I think that's, like, in terms of FCW and how I, like, seems that I want people who come in after me who are like me, who are queer, who uh, are a bit different, mm-hmm. who are uh, alternative, as, as the kids say. Mm-hmm. Um, um, nothing makes me sound older than saying, as the kids say, but, like, to, for them to be able to come to shows and see someone like me and go, hey, I'm like that guy. Yeah. Or... Uh, that guy has a message that I totally get and that want to follow in my footsteps. That's like a, that's. There's a place for me. Yeah, like yeah. A, a, like the legacy I would like to leave behind is that of I made it easier for people like me to come in, um, and to stand up for yourself and your community. I like that. It's a good answer. Thank you. Now I can uh, fold up my notes. <laughs> <laughs> you really built up the notes. It's literally one piece of A4 paper. No, nah, no, nah, it's, it's the greatest work it's 500 pages long. <laughs> um, so shall we move on to a fight before Christmas? I think we should move what on name? to a fight. My favourite my favorite name for an FCW show we've had. Yeah. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Okay. So this is going to be on December 8th at the Empire Zone. Tulloch Institution. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Is that your... Nah. Empire Zone, mate. It's great. Oh, oh. Yeah. John, John, Mr. John Young, um, oh coined the term God. first of all, and I've, I've run with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. God. We're all nerds here in the Empire as well, yeah. maybe. Yeah. That's like naming yourself after a comic book card. I know, like, right? Who would do that? Who would do that? Who would ever do that? What is Ray Jobin doing in the Empire? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I say that, but like, as a dad, like, I'm literally wearing like a rainbow Jurassic Park t-shirt. Yeah. Like, it's the logo, and it's done in a label, and it's literally because I'm doing it. It's like, oh, this is like in association with the Scottish Lesson Network. Billy loves dinosaurs. Yeah. I need to have a dinosaur thing on the show. Quick aside. And I couldn't think of how to work it into my notes, so I just thought I'll wear the t-shirt. I used to have an amazing child playing back in my bachelor days. Oh. And it was the icebreaker, and it was, so what's your favourite dinosaur? Didn't really work a lot. I used to get uh, the funny looks. I used to get <laughs> and my pals would uh, rip the piss off. So it's a rubbish line. It's a rubbish line, Patrick. What are you doing? Never going to get anywhere with that. The guy that gave me more stick for that than anyone else used it on a girl for a joke, and I went to their wedding last year. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Sixty percent of the time it works. All exactly. Time. Sex Panther. I just thought I'd throw that it's in there. Sex Panther. Yeah. Right? It's a Sex Panther child play. Exactly. Yeah. I might try this. Like, I go. might try this if I ever uh, find myself looking for someone new. There you go. Like, hey. What's your favourite dinosaur? <laughs> Please do it while wearing that. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> just look at me going like, go away. Luchasaurus, obviously. Or sorry, Kill Switch, as he's known now. Ah, and, oh, he's, he's, he's been rechristened oh. by who's Christian your, Cage. Uh, who's your favourite dinosaur? Jim Lots, obviously. <laughs> so shall we talk about a fight before Christmas? I think we better talk about Christmas. Jay, you're the guest. I've got the card here in front of me. Oh. Which match would you like to talk about first? Well, before we get into that, we will oh. just quickly state oh, again for anyone who's joining us for the first time, the order that we go through these matches will not reflect the order that they will appear on the card on the 8th of December at the Tulloch Institute. The only way for you to find out what order these matches are going to be in 
is by getting your tickets at fearcitywrestling.com. And obviously, card subject to change as well. Card but is always card is subject to change. Absolutely, I have a place that biking. Yeah, <laughs> but also, it, it might be better. You might like, get I, spent, get I, your spent, I spent six hours preparing, and I thought, like, as I was going out, I says I should have went to a, a costume shop and got a Viking helmet. Were you tempted just to go send me out to kill <laughs> <laughs> Make him think that he's getting killed after all. <laughs> Swerve him. No, I did oh. not. But I, I, you could have come out going, "Ooh, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was tempted. I was tempted." Yeah, this guy got lost in the waiting the answers concert. Uh, <laughs> well, like, like, obviously, I've got to know Caleb uh, a bit recently, um, just backstage and that. And Caleb's a friend, so I was like, really, I was actually quite sad to see that he wasn't making the show. He was, he was really unwell. Yeah. Get well soon, Caleb. Uh, so I was really, I was, uh, but at the same time, I was just like, oh, my, my, you know, this guy that, you know, I've spoken to and, and like, I, I respect is not going to be here. And that's just like, oh, by the way, you're doing this match instead. And I was like, oh, I mean, well, you know, it's just, it's just that I volunteer for it because I'm an idiot. But, but then they were like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Once I, once, once they said, you know, I, I was the first person to put my hand up and once they were just like, yep, you're the guy. Uh, oh, like, you said yes. Okay. I, you know, I was, I was expecting other people to put their hand up, and <laughs> but uh, no, I, it's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> so let's go, Jay. Who are we picking? Um, the first match to talk about a wide uh, array of matches. Uh, this is, I mean, this this go for uh, Omar and Omar Muhammad and Sebastian Asher. I'm looking forward to this one. This has been building for a long time. So, of course, for those of you who don't know, uh, Omar Mohammed, Sebastian Asser, former tag team partners as uh, members of Glory Hunting Agencies. And during the summer, uh, that came to an end? It did. It came to an end after uh, someone beat Glory Hunter Agencies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was game on. Yeah. Uh, we beat them so hard that they kind of imploded. Yeah. Um, and Omar was kicked out onto the curb. Omar developed a conscience. He did. Yeah, he, he developed a conscience. I think it was a wake up call from him. He was like, I'm not getting anywhere fast with these guys. No. And I need to probably reassess who I am as a person before I can get better hmm. inside the ring as well. And he's done that, to be fair. He's done a 180. He's a totally new guy. Again, we talk, spoke about it like backstage. He's totally different to what he was before. He was this arrogant guy before, but now you'll. He's just he's complete one eighty. He's he's a pleasure to talk to now. Whereas yeah, yeah he's 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 a, like, again like that camaraderie I was mentioning before, like that I enjoy the resume. He's in all he's in the locker room with us yeah. and he's 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 chatting to us and he's he's hanging out and it's just like you know, this is not the guy that I saw six months yeah, ago. Yeah, where was this Omar before? Uh, in the VIP you, private you know, area Yeah, they would go into the ring, they would just walk past us, yeah. blank everyone and now he's just like, Hey guys, Let's yeah. this, this talk and it's just like it's really cool um, at least he's seen the light yeah he's seen the light hope you know maybe Asher will too I don't know as long as he's around uh, Marcus Marcus Hunter will that happen probably I'm, not I, mean, I don't know I mean like there's a big part of me that just thinks that Sebastian Asher is just kind of just he's bad to the bone it's not like whereas with Omar it, fe- it feels like an influence thing mm-hmm. Sebastian I think he is just as, what, as William Regal would say, he's born naughty. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he, he's again, again, he's another guy who like he wants to, he wants to push his, put his weight around and act like he's better than everyone. And you know, you know, 
maybe he is, maybe he's not, but like he just carries that arrogance. And well, this is it. We all know how good Sebastian Asher is. There's yeah. no denying it. Yeah. But it's this added attitude that stinks. Yeah. And it makes him a very unlikable person, which is why I kind of outed him as a secret dancer and, and he's not been happy that people have started to find out about yeah. that because I mean, it's not doesn't fit his born naughty bad boy I'm no. too cool for school image that I like but again like, look at like, what things happened like that. at our Adlamania show um, he had he, he'd been paladin around as the self-appointed junior heavyweight champion Spike rightfully regains his belt yeah what happens after that match? They shake hands, and I was I, I was watching, going like, is he having? Is, is his is his is he growing a conscience? You know, is his uh, it's going into Christmas, so is his heart did his did his heart grow three sizes that day? As I say, is that I was like, what what do we see from this guy going forward? I thought we'd see something different. No, obviously, at our last show, him and Omar had uh, a confrontation yeah. um, in his what's the segment called what is, what is a moment it? of glory a moment of yeah. glory yeah like a moment of glory balls <laughs> a moment of glory and yeah he had to be carried out because he's he, he was acting like a petulant child yeah he's, he had a wee task for raging yeah. absolutely raging Omar did him yeah chucked him out of his ring chucked yeah. him out of his own show yeah. so I'm, I'm looking forward to that just because I kind of want to see Sebastian Asher uh Possibly get what's coming to him. Yeah, but come up and she like yeah. His way. Bring him down, bring him back down to earth. I think that's what that, what that's what he needs because he's not had that for a long time. What are you saying, Tichik? What do you see happening in this match? I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard to say because we've seen a lot of what Sebastian's been doing recently, and like, like kind of offence to the guy he's kind of been losing a lot mm. and I th- I kind of feel like he needs this one yeah you know I, I kind of I kind of feel like because if he if, kicks, if he kicks Omar out for being the supposed weak link and the result of the failure of Gorehan Nancy as a tag team and then he's like you said had a questionable title reign Lose, loses the quote unquote unification match mm-hmm. and if he then loses to his former tag team partner I mean, well, where does that put him? I mean that's the thing like, it's one thing losing to as we were mentioned before about Ardlon Mania it's one thing to lose to Spike Tierney yes. who's one of the best wrestlers in the country hands down not taking any notes don't at me mm. it's an indisputable fact, fact. he's beat both of us he's beat in, in, a, in, a, in a match in that same building yeah. that we're talking about he's been there he's done that he's a prodigy in many, many respects. So it's easy to see why even Sebastian can acknowledge like what's happened when he loses to somebody like Spike Tierney. Yeah. Losing to somebody like Omar Mohammed, yeah, considering that. the relationship that they've had, considering the fact that Omar has had this new change of heart, this new change of personality, he's coming back in with a more I would say amicable view on life. Uh, and to see all that sort of change and if he loses to that I don't know what that means for Sebastian Asher so part of me feels like he kind of needs to win this one and I don't don't know 
Maybe maybe if he loses, it might humble him a little bit. Maybe if he wins, he might finally show us the hype that Marcus has been building up for. So does he win as well, though? Does he cheat again? Does he use his... Because we've saw his trusty out, brass knucks. Yeah, well, he's he's pulled out those knucks quite a few times. Can he can he win a match? Is that without them? Can he win a match without Marcus? Without the knucks? Without some sort of shenanigans going on that he causes to win it? Can he just have a straight on less than match with Omar Muhammad and beat him? And I don't know if he can. Because in the same way that winning is a habit, losing can also become a habit, mm. and it's whether or not he can break that. Because, as we've just talked about there, he's got his his tactic. He's got Mark. He's got his knucks. It's not been working. But if that's all he knows and that's not working, then what does he do? He's he's a bit stuck. I, I worry for Sebastian, as because I'm like, well, you know, as good as you are, plan A is not working, but you don't seem to have a plan B. I mean, it's it's kind of like going back to what you were saying before. I mean, when you either have to break the losing or the losing will break yeah. you. Or it's going to break something. So, I mean... It's it's hard for me... It's hard for me to pick who's going to come out on top on this one. I think maybe just for the kind of... How much it sort of means to him and how much it's sort of riding on it. I'm going to say Sebastian. Like... I'm not a, like... No, I wouldn't like. I don't like giving this guy any credit or any form of the benefit of the doubt. But I think there's a lot of writing on it for him. Uh, there's a lot of writing on it for Omar as well to prove that you know his way of thinking and his decision to depart from the usual tactics of glory hunting agencies that show that that was a right decision. I don't feel that he has as much to prove as Sebastian no. does. Or at least, maybe not as much as Sebastian has to prove, but as much as something has to be proved to Sebastian, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think Sebastian needs to prove to himself that he can beat Omar Muhammad. I think Omar's going to win, but I, 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 do, I, I do agree with your points about why Sebastian needs to win himself but I just don't think I don't think he can do the things that we've just said about not cheating or that and this, I think he's he's too far gone Omar wasn't too far gone we've seen that he's managed to get himself out of this mindset but Sebastian how long has he been with Mark now? a couple of years? maybe longer? they got together when I joined the company yeah that so and pandemic just after pandemic pretty much as, as long as I've been in FCW there's always been Marcus the Marcus Gore and, and Sebastian they go hand in hand we came back what October 2021 so there you go just over two years yeah that's a long time to ingrain a way of thinking in somebody and like I said it's plan A he's had his claws on him for a long time mm-hmm. and I don't think it's done him any good and I, I, th- I think he's too far gone and I think I think Omar's going to do what a lot of people have done this year and find a way to beat Sebastian Asher because Sebastian Asher's got one way of wrestling a match he will try and beat you down and if he doesn't get the job done straight away, he will immediately pull Mark, uh, uh, pull uh, Mark into the match, or pull his knucks into the match. And if that doesn't fail, then you're, you're going to win because he doesn't know what to do. I mean, he needs a plan B. He needs to. He needs to come up with something. He needs to. 
I really worry for Sebastian I because I think he's, he's like, I, no, I, no, without I, wanting to repeat myself, he's stuck in this rut, and I don't think that he sees that he's in a rut. I mean, I, you know what, I, I kind of have to disagree with that okay. one. I, from what I can see of Sebastian Asher, he there has been times that he went has went against the green. He's went against the orders of Marcus himself. As much as Marcus has gotten suckered in and maybe believing his own hype, he is his own man. So, as much as he has been relying on this and he's got a lot riding on this match, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he actually does have a plan B. Well, if you were going to give him some advice for this match, what would it be? If you were in his corner for this match, what would you be saying? I mean, that's, that's asking me to know what it's like to be with Sebastian Asher and like, you know, the last time... Not in a biblical sense. (laughs) But I mean, you know, the last time that we were in the room together, it kind of ended up with me with a busted jaw. So, I mean, can you really see me in Sebastian Asher's corner in any way, shape or form? I think Sebastian at this point has very much got the mindset of Jesse Jesse the Body Ventura, which is, win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. Mm. Always going to do. Just who he is. Yep. Who he is at this point. I mean, if anything, it's going to be it's I, going to be interesting we'll, to see what the outcome we'll, of this we'll is. We're going to the end of the year. Twenty twenty four is just around the corner. Is he going to make the? Is he going to change, or is he just going to double down? Is he going to make? History would suggest he's going to double down. Yeah. And you're probably right, <laughs> but it, it's very. Oh, look at that! We spent about ten minutes talking about that. I think off the top of my head, it's a fascinating match. For so many reasons. I mean, just like just the absolute history that goes into this one pairing, yeah, is it's incredible. Again, it's, it's as I was saying before, it's um, it's gonna be interesting to see at the very least. Like I, I think I'm more interested to see what happens after everything, after the dust settles and the winner has been declared. That's gonna that's gonna be the more interesting thing. I mm. think. So we'll park that for now. Mm-hmm. Pick it up next month once we know what's happened. Uh, Duke, you pick the next match. Go for Ooh, it. Oh, what am I going to pick? Uh, da, 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 da. I'm going to pick uh, UNG Mackey versus Liu King Sharp. Now, this one, well, as we, we were talking about Mackey earlier, uh, the episodes that we've had with Mackey on it is one of our highest listened episodes ever. It's what got us to become the number two wrestling podcast in Slovakia. I will keep bringing that up until the cows come home. Yes. But, yeah. What more can we actually say about UNG Mackey? The man, the myth, the legend, the enigma wrapped in a green and black fursuit. I called this, uh, and uh, the term dream match gets chucked around far too often in, in wrestling. So does that, please. That just gets chucked about far yeah. too much. <laughs> but, like, this so, is... I mean, it's because we, we, we work in an industry where we all get chucked about. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms, of, in, in terms of Scottish wrestling, this is a dream match. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be... I'm very glad SCW have this match. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking forward to seeing two of the kind of most unpredictable wrestlers in the Scottish scene at the moment coming together and actually like 
I can't even finish that sentence because I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't. They're, if there's if there's a foil for you and Jimaki in both the terms of like their similarities and their differences, it probably has to be looking sharp. Mm-hmm. Like you and Jimaki and looking sharp, but they're two guys with huge personalities. They are the perfect example of it's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. Because again, they're two guys that you can see and maybe maybe possibly think, oh, you know, they're smaller, they're not a threat or anything. Hell no. I would probably sooner go like three rounds in the ring with Tyson than take either of them on in any kind of fight. They are two of the best to the mainstays of the Scottish scene and this match is kind of a perfect chance for a lot of people to see what both of these gentlemen can do when they're completely sort of unhinged by everything I mean that being said I say unhinged from everything because we were discussing the fact that uh, Mr. Ewan G. Mackey seemed to have a bit of a turn of a change of heart in the last match that he had against Portugal. So I'm kind of interested to see where that might factor into this match. See, I don't know if it was a change of heart with Marquet. Having spent so much time with him, I don't know if it's a ch- if it was a change of heart or if it was just Portugal and yeah. deservedly so finally earned some respect from Ewan. And Ewan doesn't give respect easily. And you said, you know, like, two of the most wild and unpredictable guys. I just, yeah, that, that wild and unpredictable was certainly looking sharp. Yunji Maki is not wild. Yunji Maki is methodical and, and um, he's, he's thinking, he, you know, he's playing chess with you in his mind and you, 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 you're playing snakes and ladders. That you don't even know the amount of thought process that's going on in his head. And that's what makes him even almost more dangerous than looking sharp in my opinion and just like yeah he might not need to use he might not have like the weapons and everything else that Lou will use you will destroy you with his mind before he even gets in the ring with you and like with this match is it absolutely is a dream match and are these two mainstays of the Scottish scene absolutely is it something that like the FCW fans are going to love yeah I don't think we can even predict a winner on this one because like they're, they're so similar so different at the same time and to try and like be like oh well, it could be this and that they both have reasons to win they both they both no, neither one going to want to lose obviously no one wants to lose how do you predict something involving Lou and Ewan that doesn't involve an absolute just anarchy of results that could, that could occur in that match before we even get to a result there's a lot of variables absolutely but I agree with Jay. Like Ewan is very calculated. I know what you mean by like he does have that side to him. We've talked before about his nursery accounts, for example, in the background, that side of Ewan. But maybe when he's not in that environment, like that's probably going to favour Ewan with it being a straight up wrestling match. You Lou will not be able to maybe tap into the wild man as much in the confines of the rules. So maybe if this is like a Hardcore match, nursery crimes, whatever you want to call it. Maybe it suits looking sharp. But I think that's also the thing with like. But I don't think I don't think a straight up wrestling match is going to favour anyone other than Maki. I mean, I can, 
I can definitely see where you're coming from on that front, but when it comes to the idea of being wild, as I said, like, Yunji Maki is very calculated, he's very uh, methodical in his thinking. And yes, Liu Kang Sharp does use a lot of weapons, but the idea of being wild, especially in the sense of wrestling, isn't just about, you know, being a sort of like an animalistic style of person. It's about being someone that's beyond regular means of thinking. Yuinji Maki is definitely that. Yuinji Maki is absolutely someone who does not think in any regular way. Absolutely about anything. But at the same time, look at Looking Sharp. Looking Sharp is like, again, he's a guy that you would maybe look at and think, oh, I can maybe take this guy in the fight. But he would run into the ring and instantly take on the biggest people in that ring. I mean, I remember when we were last at the Bonner Hall, he had a match against Asylum and Dickie Divers and Caleb Valhalla. And it was... Again, he was the smallest guy in that ring. Set the place on fire. It was amazing. Yeah, absolutely set the place on fire that match. But that's the thing, like, it was three guys that out, like, just outsized him so much he runs straight in. Mm. That's the that's the scariest part about it. There's no, no fear. There's no fear. There's no yeah. self-preservation. Well, there is probably self-preservation in there. I know. Yeah, very minimalized. It's the reason why the honey badger is one of the scariest animals ever. <laughs> 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 honey <laughs> badger don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I did so, out of everything I expected to hear on the podcast. Honey oh, Badger. Honey like, Badger, yeah. Bring it up was not what I was expecting. Then tell me the looking shop is not just a wrestling Honey Badger. At the same time, just to go back to what we were talking about earlier, Honey Badger versus a grizzly bear. Who t- who wins? Oh, God. <laughs> Make it a triple threat. Get, get, get the girl in there as well, yeah. I think that's also, that's also the, the interesting thing. It's, again, it's the lack of fear of going in to a situation like this and taking it on. And again... Looking sharp, and both you and Jim, you and Jim as well, both have that experience of like running in when the odds are against them, running into something that looks like they have no chance of, and coming out on top. So when you take those two forces that defy most, like most regular people's way of thinking and most people's logic, and put them against each other, where does that come from? Like, where do you go from there? Well, we have the the Tom Atlas issue as well. How heavily involved in this match is he going to be? Mm-hmm. We saw him get involved multiple times against Portugal. It didn't work out well. We also saw him have a little crying fit afterwards, essentially, yeah. when Ewan was just like, no, Portugal won. Portugal beat me. Is he going to, is, is, is Tom going to be able to contain himself if Ewan earns some respect for, for the. You might not want his help in this match because it didn't do him any favours against Portugal. So again, where does that put Tom? I mean, yeah. There's, again, so many different factors. East versus West as well. You and, and Lou. Yeah. Both sides of the country. Yeah. Duking it out. And Mon- about Mon- to knock the other guy out. Money East. <laughs> Money. I mean, like, if we're going to have to go, like, try and pick someone, probably best go for the East Coast guy. Yeah. So, sorry, Lou, please don't bust my kneecaps. Yeah. I'm not picking Tom. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not that stupid. Right. We've put it off for a while now, and it's my pick, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up, bring it up. Yeah. Let's talk about Nathan North versus Bradley Evans. Big Brad. Yeah. Big Bruiser Brad. Uh, 
did not did not <laughs> expect to see him. I thought it was very. Night. It was almost very poetic. Where I remember when uh, you came out to congratulate uh, Foundation a few months ago when they won the number one contenders match, and I, I remember I, I can get this quote perfect. You said you're going to have to bring everything to beat us. Oh, they bought everything and more. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to back my friend up here. They needed him to beat you guys. They needed him to take those tag team championships off you. But they got away with it. They certainly did. Uh, sorry, no, I'm, I'm just... Um, I know. I'm, I'm not going to... I'm, I'm still coming. It's not the way you wanted to... Because you, you're not an idiot. You knew that the time would eventually come. But that's not the way anyone wants to lose a championship. Yeah. Um, for, again, for those of you who don't know, um, Game On defended the tag team titles uh, in your trilogy match with uh, the Foundation, uh, who in FCW anyway were Ryan Riley and Zach Dynamite. Um, they'd been a trio in other parts of the country, mm-hmm. but yeah. we'd never seen Bruiser Brad Evans in FCW. And we always thought, okay, well, this, this is obviously just Zach and, Zach and Ryan's thing. This, they, they're the guys that are going to show up in FCW. And then, boom, lights go out during the match. Everyone was going quite well for you up until then. And then the lights come back on and this big behemoth of a man, Bruiser Brad Evans, is is standing in the middle of the ring and helps his uh, stablemates pick up the win and pick up the championships. Yeah. And it wasn't right. But unfortunately, that's where we're at. But do you know what, Duke, right? You've got that... uh, potentially soften the blow a bit they needed to cheat they needed to use their own big enforcer to beat you guys and at least now Nathan's got a chance to avenge it somewhat in wrestling Brad yeah I mean I think um, would you have liked to have been the guy in there no avenging it no no I mean I I see why it's appropriate for Nathan to be in there against Brad I mean as an example you and me, Jay. We came up together. Yep. We've we've been through we've been through a lot together. We, we started training together the same night. And you were the first person I spoke to, uh, and our paths diverged for the period of time. Uh, but we got we got right together. Again, yeah, yeah, we yeah. like everything sort of came back in from there, um, and I know that Nathan and Brad came up together many many moons ago. I didn't know that, so that's interesting. They've me. they've known each other since day one. Okay. In fact, I think they actually knew each other before wrestling as oh, well. Wow. So I think the one, the person who's sort of been the most surprised out of everything has been Nathan. At the fact that we knew that Brad has been a part of the foundation, has been for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not an FCW. Just not an FCW, but also I just don't think that Nathan was... Um, I don't think Nathan was prepared to see what his, uh, one of his best friends is willing to do in order to come out on top. Or at least uh, see what the people he really considers friends are willing to do to come out on top. You know? Yeah. And, um, I don't know, I mean, like, I'd... How's, how's Nathan been coping since... Like, he must be pretty cut off about it. Honestly, we we haven't really talked much since yeah. the uh, since it happened. 
I think he's in a little bit of shock, to say the very least. I mean, I've tried reaching out again and haven't really heard much <laughs> back. This song and dance again, but nah, um, nah, it's we haven't really spoken too much. I think like he's uh, he's been through he's been through quite a lot. Yeah, he has in that regard. Yeah, he has. This is just the latest thing. Yeah, a ton of bricks fall on top of him. Yeah, yeah, but um, I know. I mean, when he has this match with Brad, I I definitely want to show Nathan what he means to me. You know. I mean, he's taught me a lot mm-hmm. ever since I came into FCW. Nathan North has been there. I mentioned that hell, the first episode of this podcast when we uh, and I interviewed him. I, that's when I first came up with the five questions of doom. Yeah. Um, you know, we we spoke there, and I mentioned about how he's always been there in FCW. I've always been in a tag team with him. So, I think it's yeah. I think it's important to sort of show him exactly what all these times that we spent together, these many months, years. Well, even. you've achieved so much. Like, yeah. not only did you, like, win the tag team championships, you saved the company together. So, and and when you did drop the titles, it wasn't the way that anyone should be dropping titles. It was because of outside interference. Yeah. Yeah. So, you guys have went through wars together. I mean, I remember the table match against Lady. Oh, God. Like, that was... Groundbreaking stuff, literally. Yeah, like, I, I, I was, I mean, I was... Helping out as a referee that night, I was the I saw you and Tommy Frost go for that table, and I and I'm like me and uh, Chris Quinn that night. I tried like who is this? And because it's just like like you just went through at the same time. Who do we pick? Do we pick the guys who have you know worked so hard? Or that is uh, just like no, we just have to restart. And you, obviously, you guys um, like the match continued uh, the way it did in that. But like you guys have, have went in. Two years that you guys have said, well, just short of two years that you guys have been together, you guys have been through so much title things, wars against Ledgate, wars against Foundation of the Future. Um, I mean, name a tag team in it that we've had in FCW that you guys haven't wrestled yet. You've wrestled, you've wrestled everyone, you beat them all, now one of them has beat you. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's. Hopefully, this is the start of you guys working your way back to where you belong now. Because. It's, it was the most tainted of victories possible. Yeah. So, I mean, at any rate, there's definitely some work that has to be put yeah. in. Yeah. I won't... I'm not mean to, like, prod it or whatever. No, no, but, no, know, it's, like, no, no, it's 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 fine. It's, it's... I mean, what happened happened. I can't go back. I can't change history. I can't get those titles back on us. All we can do is, you know... Look, go for the number two. Yeah. Focus on what's in front of you right now. Well, look, look to see where our mistakes are where our weaknesses are learn from that yeah. and then progress yeah that's, that's all keep moving forward Jim. yeah that's all that's all that a person can really do yeah but no I'm, I'm gonna be there in Nathan's corner I'm gonna be you know showing him how much he means to me good hopefully I've got faith mm-hmm. hopefully Nathan can avenge this so Jay we'll come back to you um, got a few more things to talk about I think Andy Roberts, um, Tommy Cartel, and this is the meat factory. Meat! I'm meat. buzzing. Meat. I'm buzzing that they're meat. back as a tag team. It's been a long time. I think I the mean, last, last time I remember was maybe the Tayport show. I believe so. Back in February, last time as a tag team. Um, 
and again there's a lot of history around this match as well obviously uh, back at Ney Mercy Andy Roberts took on John Kerr decimated him yes mm. left him laying Craig made the save yep. that night uh, fast forward a few months back at Arla Complex Royal Lamania takes on Craig decimates him yep mm. John Kerr makes the save yep and so I think it was only fitting that they're now meeting in a tag team contest because they both now need revenge on Andy Roberts and Andy Roberts has picked Tommy Cartel to tag with him to take on the Meat Factory what were we thinking about this one? Mm-hmm. I think no matter what at the end of this match like, I've, I've got history with John Cal. like we've, we've faced each other uh, quite a few times um, and he's never beat me but um, you cannot underestimate the, the strength the power the determination that this uh, man has and Andy Roberts um, um, definitely kicked the crap out of both of those guys yeah. in separate matches and they will be looking for some sort of payback um, just to remind Andy Roberts that like, you don't take these boys lightly they're big lads and they need and uh, you should be scared about taking them on I mean, they're one of the best tag teams in the country. Let's be honest. And he's, he's, he's like I said, he's decimated them both mm-hmm. in singles matches, but he's in their house now. He's in the tag team match. And I've, I'm fully behind the Meat Factory in this. I think they're gunning for Andy. I think the walls are closing in a bit now. He's had his fun, but I think the Meat Factory are going to get the revenge. I think it's going to be glorious. Because mm-hmm. they're honest. I love watching them wrestle as a tandem. I think it's fun. some of the things they can do are just unbelievable. I'm a big, big fan. <laughs> big, big fan of the Meat Factory. I love them watching them wrestle, and I think I think they're going to destroy Andy Roberts and Tommy Cartel. I'm very confident of that. And the the, the wild card, of course, is Cartel because we've not saw much of him here. No, like we've he's been different places. I think he's he was here for the Fair City Rumble. Yeah, he was in the Rumble. Um, we did like a house show in Tayport as well. So I was speaking about the, the Meat Factory before. It was our last televised show at Tayport where they last wrestled. We did a house show in Tayport a few months ago as well. And Tommy, I think Tommy might have wrestled Sebastian Asher that night, yeah, if I remember correctly. Um, and it's the, the same show that I wrestled the par along with uh, Randy Valley. It was, yes. And you used, which rule was it again? Oh, <laughs> you, <laughs> it, was an, it was an amendment to the Freebird yeah. rule. Um, I can't remember, I believe it was chapter 8, yeah. subsection 11? Yeah, genius play by yourself. I mean, hey, like, I'm the guy who collects rule books for a living. Yeah. Um, well, not for a living. As a, as a, <laughs> he well, wishes he did it for a living. If I did it for a living, I would be absolutely sorted. But no, no as, a, as a very enthusiastic hobby. Yeah. Um, and Marcus, the glory hunter, didn't think that I was going to look at our own rule book. Yeah. You know, it's just... I mean, that was a... That was a fault on his own yeah. like he he really didn't think that one yeah. through uh, expe- I think you said don't expect like the tabletop gamer not to look into the real book yeah. I, mean, I, I mean I had to you know it was another time that Nathan wasn't able to make it uh, and I had to you know solve the issues myself yeah but this, like I was saying like, to, as Tommy Cattell we've saw him in the Lumber we saw him at this house show what do what, what do we know about him that the like, not a whole lot, but Andy. Andy. Roberts. I know that some people call him Tony Cartwheel. <laughs> uh, Andy. Andy Roberts is a very smart man. He's a very 
really smart wrestler and and uh, he's he picked Cartel for a reason. He obviously feels that this guy's got something that can counteract whatever the meat factor he's got. Well, I mean, the, the don't get me wrong, I'm not discounting Andy Roberts as a wrestler. We all know how good he is as mm-hmm. a, again, I'll say it again though, a singles wrestler. It's a different game. Ge- you know this. Oh no, it, it, no it, pun intended. It's, no, no, you know, it's a different game. Tag team wrestling is so, so different to singles wrestling. It honestly is. And I knew this anyway, as when back when I was just a fan, as soon as I've come into the APW, you find out even more how different tag team wrestling actually is. I mean, it's a, and when it comes to tag team wrestling, you need to have a synergy yeah. with your partner. And does he have that with Tommy Cartel? Probably not. And definitely not to the level of John Kerr and Craig Berry. It's, they, they just work as one complete, yeah. absolute unit. Yep. They what, are... What unit? <laughs> that, that, like, they're head and shoulders above in that regard because that, they're not just like tag partners they're friends as yeah. well you know they're always there for each other they're always looking at where, the, where there's one you will see yeah. the other they've got each other's backs yeah 24-7 it's, yeah, it's one of the most important things that you can have like again I, I don't think I don't think either of them have left the other one out to dry I don't think either of them have let the other one down in any way shape or form um, that can you know sort of shows like a real weakness to the to a team. Yeah. So it's um, so they are incredible together. So that's why I honestly, I, I, and this is without a motive. This and is they with, have a motive in this match. They actually have something behind them. They have a reason to target this guy. Maybe not so much Tommy Cartel, but that's the thing. Like Tommy, if he doesn't know what he's getting himself into, that's on him. He's going to get caught in the crossfire. He's going to get caught in an absolute crossfire. It's no secret that Andy Lobbitz obviously runs um, Power Pro Pro Wrestling School um, in uh, Fife and Livingston. Tommy Cartel's one of the students. He's one of the standouts. Yeah. I know that. I I come back to the same thing. He's picked him for a reason. He's he's obviously seen something in in Tommy Cartel that he thinks is going to counteract ever the meat factor he's got for Because Andy knows how good they are. So he's going to pick somebody who he thinks is on that level. Absolutely. I still think meat factor are going to... I'm still... I'm I'm still, still oh, 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 meat uh, factor all the way. Yeah. Like, like, I think they're future FCW tag team champions. I might be a vegan, but give me that meat. Yeah. I think they're at that level. I think future champions. I guess it's, it's a question of when, not if, yeah. for them. This could just be a bit of a roadblock for them. They need to get... They need, they need to... Pun very much intended. Squash this beef they have with uh, Andy Roberts. <laughs> does, I think before they can move does on. Does beating does beating Andy Roberts and Tommy Cartel set them up for the tag team title shot later on? Though? That is a question for Kevin Williams, isn't it? But I take it can't hurt. Can't hurt. Yeah, I, I, I could see. I don't think that's the goal. I don't think right now. I, I, I think they're very singularly minded, focused on Andy Roberts. But oh I'm, yeah. But but as. Someone in the back, or even just like sitting here, could say as a fan, um, where do they go next after this? Because it's 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 this you know. Once this beef as you, <laughs> is squashed, where do they go? I mean, I, no, I think I think you're right. I think it's like if there's gonna be if there's gonna be anyone like any sort of successor uh, to the tag belts I think I think they're definitely a good choice nah screw that get, get your belts back and wrestle the meat factory that's the match I really wanted to see <laughs> yeah. 
That is the match I really wanted to see. But they are they are like hungry young men. Yes. Hungry young men who are gonna want they want they're gonna want to be champions. No one gets in this business to not be a champion. Checks and championships, baby. Yeah. That's all that's what it's all about. It's not hot dogs and handshakes. Nah. Despite what John Moxley might tell you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we all go in Meat Factory. And I, 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 Meat Factory have my vote. It's got to be them. So, I'm going to jump ahead of you, right? And pick again. Because I spoke to the commissioner this morning. Ooh. I've got some big news. Right? It's bigger than our truth coming back. It's bigger than Randy Orton coming back. It's bigger than CM Punk coming back. To no one can see this, but I'm currently rubbing my yeah, eyes. Yeah, vigorously. I have it on good authority that for the first time in I think it'll be 11 years Santa's wrestling he's well no sorry he's coming to a wrestling show I don't know if he's wrestling I will put that out there I'm, I'm, I'm say Santa are you saying yes. that St. Nicholas yes the guy who rides in a sleigh yep. across the night sky mm-hmm. around the world yep. in 24 hours delivering presents to children is going to be at Fair City Wrestling. He's finally recovered from Alberto Del Rio running him over with his BMW. Well, it's about damn yeah. time. He's because making, he's making I remember his... asking specifically for a Millennium Falcon Lego set and he never got me it. And that year, and fair enough, I'll be able to do it. No, but wait a second, second. Was, no, it, was, it, what, what was it? Was it the seven hundred pound set? Oh, of course, yeah. That only came out like three years ago. He gives presents to kids, not yeah. big kids. <laughs> Don't listen to him. <laughs> Don't listen to him. Nobody said Stop that. It. Stop Nobody it. Said that. I'm, I'm just better because he never gave me one. I know, yeah. <laughs> Nobody said that I couldn't still write to him, though. Quite right, too. Yeah. But yeah, Santa... He likes back. Please stop writing to me. You have a beard. <laughs> Santa is making his return to wrestling. That's how I should have phrased it. I don't think... It's, well, busy, it's his busy time of year. Is he going to have time to come and like, get away from the North Pole? Everyone has got time for FCW, Jay Robin. You know this. I'm sure you could have done this. Like, this is busy period. Yeah. Who's going to be in charge of the elves? Mrs. Claus will hold things down. Oh, okay. She's a strong independent well, just, just dump all his wife on his messes. Yeah. I'll see how that is. But yeah, from I've got it on good authority that Santa will be making his appearance at FCW. Well, I... Fight before Christmas. Colour me red because... Wow, I'm... Uh, I'm, exi- I'm excited. So, so what, is he wrestling someone? I mean, I've not been told that. But I'd love to see it. Here's an interesting thing. Who on the FCW roster that is not already booked on the show would you like to take on Santa Claus? Me. Kayla Valhalla. No, 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 me. I'm the one who dresses like a Christmas ornament. That's true. <laughs> you want I'm Santa? I love that. I'm wearing red and sparkly green. I look like a Christmas ornament. Like, give me Santa. I like the continuity there, though. It doesn't matter who gets offered in the match. <laughs> ADM, Santa Claus, first man with his hand up. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> No, I would say, well, either Caleb or myself, but only with the stipulation that if I win, I get that Millennium Falcon Lego set. I think that's fair. I think that's, I think that's only fair. Can we have it in like a ladder match and it's like suspended from the roof of the... No, because the then I'm in that match because I want that set too. Oh, triple threat. There you go. Sorry. I've wanted that Millennium Falcon for years. Or, Ever uh, since it was announced, I was like, we, have, uh, we just had a ladder match recently, so we could have like uh, a pole ma- on a pole match. Millennium oh. Falcon on a pole match. Oh, I'm never winning that. I'm Andy. I'm Duke. Sorry. You 
got to win the pole match. Half Polish. It's our signature match. Sure, sure, sure they are. Do it for the, do it for sure the signature matches a Havel in a pole. <laughs> <laughs> well, just you wait. 2024's a big year. That's what I'll be, be bringing to the table. I'm never beating, I'm never going to beat Duke in a pole match. Like, the man knows what he's doing around the pole. Oh, I know um, what I'm doing around yeah, the pole. Yeah. You and Jimaki, special guest referee. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, that pole, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's exciting. Santa's coming home. To FCW. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's coming. <laughs> here's a, here's a, here's a, here's I just want to sorry, just one second, just because we're talking about the poll. Uh, obviously, Etne and Mercy, the main event, Yunji Maki versus uh, Johnny Lyons, yes. started with Yunji Maki controversially so doing um, a performance on a poll. Mm. Uh, my boyfriend had never saw a pole match before did not know it existed he was there with one of his friends who's an old school wrestling fan and did know about that and when the pole came out they, uh, my boyfriend did turn to his friend and say what's this about and at which point his friend said oh they must be doing a pole match for the title <laughs> so the, it was, they legitimately thought it was going to be a po- uh, the title belt on a pole match as the, 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 the main event, oh, not advertised. <laughs> <laughs> Last minute change of card subject to change. It's a Johnny Lyon card subject to change. It's no longer just a singles match. It's a it's a title on a pole match. <laughs> I've just got images now of like Johnny Lyons diving off the balcony, grabbing the belt on his way down. <laughs> that would have worked. It's like slide spinning, like holding onto it from one leg, like he's doing a shift at Private Eyes. Yes. <laughs> And again, I'm, I've kind of taken over the card here, Jake. I'm sorry, but there is one more thing we need to talk about before we go on about the SW Heavyweight Championship match. Mm, that is. It is the fact that Brody Adler ran the gauntlet last month, became the first ever women's game changer briefcase holder. Could we see her potentially doing something on this show? Could she cash it in? She might. She might just walk out and say, "Serena Rose, get out of here right now. We're having a match." Yeah, I mean that is. We, we, anything could happen that is a good point and I mean I don't want to put that idea out there because you know she's been calling her out on social media we've had wanted posters all over uh, Facebook and Instagram TikTok, she TikTok. has said she kidnapped her best friend yeah but I think also like, not only that I mean it's as as you sort of said uh, I think it was on I can't remember what month it was but it was the uh, when Serena Rose was fighting Moxie Malone and Might be the first match should have been there a couple months. Anyway, regardless. But we did mention the fact that there seems to be a bit of a crack in Serena's confidence a little bit. I mean, it was when she was starting to use the, the what was it, chop to the yeah. face. A very underhanded tactic for an incredibly accomplished and skilled wrestler to do. Usually, it's something that happens when there's a little bit of fear yeah, there. Doubt. Yeah. Like making sure that you've got that again. When well, it's as we were saying before, uh, win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. For her, it's always win, yeah, never lose, mm-hmm. and rarely cheat. Yeah, yeah. That, that, we we hadn't really seen that up until that point, and that, that threw me. Um, I did kind of pose that question to her on commentary for the gauntlet match, but she was very dismissive, as you would imagine. So maybe the, is this conveniently never defended her title that night either as well. Yeah. So maybe she was. Quite happily to 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 use that. So I say it's maybe it's either off, you know. So 
I don't know if she's maybe going to do, you know, like strike while the iron's hot and try and exploit that, or maybe leave it a little bit and see if that breeds maybe a little bit more weakness in Serena. Mm. Maybe try and grind her down mentally before yeah. a potential caution. But at the same time, like, uh, as I was saying before, like, strike while the air is hot, like, a surprise attack, it's maybe not something that she would expect. I mean, we've had, um, I think it was at the Fair State Rumble that we had the Game Changer cashed in on the same night. Yeah. So that might be something that Serena's expecting. Serena was involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it also might be the thing of, like, because she's expecting it, she doesn't think that it's going to happen because everyone's sort of suspecting it, so she won't suspect it. I don't know if I'm over. No, 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 but I think these are the exact thoughts that are going around the champion's mind. It's a a very mentally taxing thing to have that briefcase of Damocles uh, above you. I you get like that. Yeah, you like that. Yeah, good. I like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Again, it takes Because it's like... I don't think that's her culture in this podcast. Oh, yeah. Like, Learn of men on here, right? Damocles on this. Yeah. I mean, it's... I like university. I mean, it's... It doesn't do English, but, you know... It doesn't count if you just walk through... That's true, yeah. I went to uni. I mean, it's as we said before, like, the briefcase is arguably maybe a bit more valuable than the titles in terms of having it, because... Titles again. It shows that you're the best in. Uh, it shows that you're the you know the best one out there at in that your time. division at that time. Yeah. But the game changer means that that can change at any for single a whole year moment yeah. for an entire year. You've got that panic. You've got that. You you've got something that means that you are not safe. There's nobody. This is somebody who who doesn't have to earn their shot. This is somebody who you can't keep watching through to see how they're progressing yep. on their way up to you. This is somebody that can blindside yep. you at a moment's notice. Which brings up your point about why is she, you, you guys have brought up Selena cheating. Okay, she's cheating. You guys are saying, the way you guys are talking, Bully's going to cash in and win the belt. Guaranteed. Maybe that's why she's cheating. Because she knows the game changer was announced. That's when we started seeing things like her cheating. Mm-hmm. That's when she started like the, the the cog started turning. Like that's what that's what I'm saying. That the cog started turning in her head. She's going like, "There's going to be a briefcase that will guarantee someone any time to come after me. How do I how do I fight against that? Not knowing when the attack's going to come. Cheat. Mm. You know, throw something in the face. Um, use a weapon. Do whatever she's doing. Like, is that why we'll always assume that Bully's going to cash in and win? Because realistically, that is the most likely outcome. Because well, statistically, you can't them. statistically speaking, through stipulate well concepts like this and other wrestling companies, it's usually in the favour of the briefcase holder mm-hmm. that would that'd come out in a match like this. But Bloody's been doing this for what five years, four years. Selena's been doing this for how long? And this is not a comment about her being older this is a comment about her, no, her experience yeah it's just a fact she like there's a reason why they call her the first woman of, la- of, 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 of ladies less than yeah. in Scotland like yeah. she is she has probably more experience than all the women that she's been brought in to face off against who can like, and, and she now worked out hey if I want to hold on to this belt a belt that again she's never actually lost that belt true she was the first women's champion, but she never lost the belt. She had to have someone substitute for her, and they lost that belt. Up. She's never been pinned for it. She's never submitted. She obviously loves that belt. She obviously doesn't want to lose it. She's cheating for a reason. I think she's practicing. 
So when if Brody does come after her, whether it's this show, whether it's the next, whether it's a year down the line, she's gonna be holding on. She's gonna. She, I think Serena's still gonna hold that belt. Could be one of those. Even if, the, like you said, Brody cashes in, Serena just maybe even blatantly cheats in front of the ref. Boom, DQ. There goes your title shot. I mean, yeah, cash in. Uh, she cashes in. Get, out, 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 get out, out and walk away. See you later. I mean, that's the thing. Like, yeah, that that's the thing with the game changers. Like, it guarantees you a shot mm. at the title. It doesn't guarantee you the title. Exactly. Exactly. It's you know, it's a scary thing for a champion to sort of have hanging over their head. But again, it doesn't mean that the person holding it is automatically going to win. No. You still no, have to. Not. You still have to fight for what you want to get. You still have to study your opponent and know when to use that tool mm-hmm. and it's whether Brody can use that tool well or not does she have the experience and know more of to use it effect, as effectively as it can be used because yeah. it's not just a case of that, you, that we just said it's not just a case of here's the briefcase give me my belt yeah. it's, here's, the brie- here's the briefcase now I have to put in some work you still have to defeat the most dominant wrestler in, in FCW history Fact. Yeah. Yeah. Undefeated. She Brody needs to play this as smartly as she can. Whether it's where she cashes it in, or if it's post match, pre match, mid match, whatever type of match, you know she's got to think of all these things. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be fascinating to see where this goes. But I think before Christmas is the first opportunity where potentially we could see. Uh, FCW title uh, title match mm-hmm. for the in the women's division, Brody versus Serena. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But let's talk about the heavyweight title match. Let's talk about this heavyweight title match. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for this. So it is going to be Dickie Divers versus Randy Valentine, arguably FCW's most hated man versus FCW's most loved man. Honestly. For me, I'm just going to come out and say it. I hate Dickie Divers. I've, I've never made I a... thought he was going to say, I love Randy Valentine. Yeah. For, do... Former tag team partner. I do, <laughs> I, I do love my former tag team partner. He stepped up to help me when I needed him. Um, that's that's how I ended up getting involved with... Team Williams, uh, was Team it? Williams yeah, yeah he joined that night, I remember. Yeah, I mean, it, that, was part of the, uh, that was part of the thing. Like, I remember when we... Like, I remember when uh, Commissioner Williams... Like first brought us in. That was the night that uh, me and Nathan were separated by Marcus the Glory Hunter. Um, it was through that that me and Kevin were discussing some of the other members that we were going to get yeah. as a part of it. Uh, getting Randy Valentine to be uh, one of the people on Team FCW uh, was you know, always going to be a given there. We knew that he was going to look for any reason to go against Marcus Hunter. Which is also why I got him on board because it was like, well... If there's one person that I want to help piss off Marcus Hunter, it's the guy who has made his entire career in FCW pissing off Marcus Hunter. Now, don't forget about that night though that you guys teamed up. Marcus was trying to humiliate Randy by making him sit on the merch table and sell tickets and sell uh, t-shirts and all our uh, various apparel that we sell. He was trying to the guy, no, I don't want you on my show, because this is when Marcus obviously owned FCW. He was trying to send a message to Randy. Randy wasn't going to stand for that. Randy did come out. Randy did 
sneak off, go to the toilet, somehow have a meeting with Duke and be like, hey, let's do something. I found a bylaw. Have you led the little bit, son? Because I have. (laughs) And we saw that match. And you guys guys pulled it off that night. You you defended the tag titles. You detained the tag titles. Um, But it's just like, Vandy has... There's an attitude about Vandy because obviously he spent so much time away from uh, from active in-ring competition. Vandy coming back in, there's a lot of people, I think Decky Dive is probably included, underestimating what, despite what we've saw him do over the past year, I think they underestimate what he, what he can do and what he's still got in the tank. And I think Vandy, it's not going to be the easiest match in the world for Decky Divers because Vandy's got a point to prove about it. And I think the thing is, as well, that, like, Randy's pure ferocity carries him through where, again, like you say, a lot of people can underestimate Randy because, you know, he's he's the old dog sort of coming back in. But you always fail to realise that that means that he has more experience than anyone else. He's taken the knocks and he's not scared to take any more. How long was he, how long was he out? What was he doing in that time? He was so involved in less than, he sat there watching. Yeah. He sat there watching every single one of us whether it was like no matter where we were he was watching wrestling and seeing what was happening who was doing what and how they were doing it and like and formulating how if he when he if and when he came back which he did uh, at the 2022 uh, Fair City Rumble shocking return he came in with a plan of going like he's going to go after certain people he went after Marcus the Glory Hunter he ended up beating him he ended up you know having to eat, eat, uh, eat some clover a bit by getting put on match and Marcus trying to mess with him. But he got his own back by teaming with, with Duke Cannon. What's next after that? It is, it's going to be, he never, again, no one gets in this in this business not to go after championships. He wants to be a champion. He had a very good showing in the Rumble as well, Randy, yeah, this year. He wants to be a champion and Dickie Diver is, is at the top of the mountain in FCW. He's going after, Randy is going after this belt for a reason. It's a point to prove. It's a point to, to show that that he might be let go. Yeah. But he can still kick your ass. Yeah. There'll be some story if he can come back after that time off in the ring and just over a year later win the top prize in the company. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether he does or not, I don't know. Yeah. Because... Dicky Divers has shown that he's willing to do anything oh to get his God. hand on that. That bit. was very. Uh, I've I've only been commentating for a short time. That was buying away the hardest match I've ever had to call. Uh, divers versus Ambrose. Because mm-hmm. I like we me and Duke have spoke about this before. Like, and Jay, you're the same. Ambrose is one of our main trainers at school. Yep. So to see a man that like not only you admire as a wrestler. But you respect and like I class him as a friend now. Yeah, it's he's not. So just... to see like somebody who has meant uh, a lot to you over the past years since I've been doing this go through that hell that divers put him through. Which time? Well, exactly. I mean, like the last man standing match was brutal enough, and then um, the, the... and then we had to watch him. Uh, we spoke about this before, back in February in Tapeport. Divers just mercilessly injured Ambrose. For the first time this year, back then, you stepped up to play last night at a match with that, that match with Divers. So, the, uh, and he's just destroyed him, like, physically, several times. Mm-hmm. And this was just one 
one battle too many for Ambrose to overcome. Divers has now got what he wants, and I can't see him relinquishing it anytime soon. Because Divers has been single, single-minded in his approach to two things: hurting Ian Ambrose and getting his yeah, ruthless, game. absolutely ruthless. Is it, I mean, the first show back after the pandemic, um, there was a pre-show match that was um, guys from uh, uh, Dundee Academy of Pro Wrestling having a battle royal. Divers comes out at the end and attacks us all. Why? Just to send a statement that he could. Yeah. Then at the end of the show, he was in the main event of that show, challenging for the world he- uh, for the heavyweight title mm-hmm. against Caleb Valhalla. Caleb won that night. A few months later, you know, like a year that we're going into the first city rumble, and he starts, he 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 faces off. He has some sort of um, confrontation with Ian Ambrose in that match. That's car- that's carried them to the oh, past year yeah. in hating each other, and and that's it's like when when we talk about what uh, uh, Dickie Divers has done in FCW, he did win the first city rumble. Did win, he did win the belt. He is the champion. He's top of the mountain. That also means there's a lot of people gunning after them. And then again, like what about the first city rumble where uh, divers and Ambrose first skates on it? When Randy comes out, go back watch the footage. The first thing he does when he gets on the eighth end is he points at Dickie Divers and says, "You." I remember. How long is Div- How long has uh, Valentine been planning the? planning his this in his head how many times has he already wrestled divers in his head how is he how is he how he's going to counter everything he does he's is is, is valentine you know valentine's got this match that he's had this match in his head for a long time and he's finally getting it and now there's gold on the line Hmm. i mean i think you're definitely right i think i think randy's going to be very privy to a lot of divers tricks I think a lot of it comes down to how many, how much tricks divers can pull out. Can he pull out something that Randy hasn't seen before? Because I think you're right, I think Randy is going to look for every single way that he can counter the offensive of Dickie Divers. But I'm in a rare moment where I'll give Dickie Divers any form of credit for anything, the guy knows what he's doing. The guy's got a tactical mind the guy can stay one step ahead. Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if during our match at Ardomania, if he you know spoke to ADM about finding a way to take my leg out after he took my leg out. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was like a plan from the start. Yep. The way that I got entangled up in that match. So, I think a lot of it is just like, you know, can can Randy keep reposting every single thing the divers throws him? That is going to be the biggest sort of factor in this match, I believe. So I, f- I find it hard to I find it hard to pick one. My heart says Randy. My Absolutely. heart screams Randy Valentine. Absolutely yeah. does. We all love Randy. Randy's, yeah. Randy's it came in, and obviously I was. Not associated with him much until recently, but like when I did, when I did come over to the other locker room and Randy was there, Randy was there opening me with, with open arms, has talked to me, has given me advice since I got there. I want to see Randy hold that belt. But, like you just said, Divis is a, is a, is a wily guy. Like he's got some tricks that 
even Randy might not know about. And he's got the FCW Women's Champion as well. I mean, we spoke earlier that yes, he won the Rumble. Yes, he won the title later that night. Who helped him win both? Yeah. Behind every strong man, there's a woman rolling her eyes and <laughs> hitting people in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would appreciate it if my wife could do that for me, but sadly she's not in the wrestling business yet. Yeah. <laughs> there's still time. It'll take some convincing, but you know. <laughs> but that does take... Honey, <laughs> can you help me win the belt tonight? <laughs> can you give someone a DDT? <laughs> But that does take us to the end of our episode for this month. It's been fun. It's been it's been really good. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if people normally comment on on matches as much as I have, but it's been uh, it's been fun. I mean, we've we've had like different levels. Uh, some people are maybe a bit more invested than others. Um, but no, it's been it's been fantastic having you on. I'm glad that we're able to get more people from the Dundee Academy of Pro Wrestling in the studio and getting to know them all a little bit better because we are you know we're the guys who are going to be on the shows mm-hmm. and whether we're maybe stepping into the ring for the first time or the 50th time this is an absolutely amazing way to get to introduce everyone to the world and mm-hmm. uh, so th- again thank you so much for coming in thank you very much for gracing us with your presence uh, would you like to tell everyone where people can find you uh, so everything is at jlobinplo so it's easy to find me so at jlobinplo on Facebook uh, X and Instagram don't call it X X formerly known as Twitter um, it's what it is if I say Twitter people might not know what if people listen to this in 10 years that's true and, and they're just like what, what's, what's Twitter I have to say so. if it's still X in 10 years I'll eat my own feet well, clip that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> but aye, we'll wrap it up there. So, so we've we've been good. We've plugged the show. We shouted out the ticket link earlier on, didn't we? We'll shout out again. Hey, we'll shout out. Again. <laughs> is this part of this? Yeah. part of the content? Yeah, Excellent. it is. Yeah. Excellent. I'm yeah. The We're so professional. Yeah, the editor is going to have a hell of a yeah. job. <laughs> Flash does a good job. Hey, what is that time? Six hours and nineteen yeah. minutes. Wow. <laughs> um, so. FairCityWrestling.com for all your tickets. It's, uh, look at the date, right? It is Friday, December 8th. December 8th. Tulloch Institute in Perth. Or the Empire Zone, Jay. The Empire you will, Zone. You will like that name eventually. I will um, not. We'll, we'll, I won't reveal who we've got on next month, but um, we all know, we've mentioned the APW. We do have a student showcase show uh, in January. And the guest will be another uh, DAPW student. I'm looking forward to getting him on the podcast and oh, talk, talking not just FCW but DEPW next month. Yeah, well. no, so that's, yeah. that's going to be something to look forward no, to. No, no, you mentioned him. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh... Should we not tell them what we actually call the school? Dapped up. Dapped up. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, yeah. Dapped, Dapped up is it's just much better. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah no, I'm. Uh, I'm equally looking forward to. Uh, Someone doesn't like the name. Someone was saying to me at the last show that they don't enjoy. Oh, I'll you, tell you, after, I'll you tell, tell you after. us. Tell us. I'll after. tell you after the con. But yeah. they, they were, they, they're wrong. They, they, they heard that there's. I'll hear you guys call it dab dub. No. And, and they shook their heads. It's easier. And said some words, but I'll, I'll tell you after the yeah. con. I could probably I guess what it is, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, so I've been Patrick Paterski, and I have been Duke Cannon, and you've been fantastic. Thank you very much for tuning into this month's episode of the Fair City Wrestling Podcast. Hopefully we will see you all there on the 8th of December at the Tulloch Institute. 
but until then, we'll see you next time. So is the honey badger also getting the same prep time as the gorilla and the bear? Absolutely not. It has to get the same yeah. prep time, surely. Otherwise, it's not a fair thing. I mean, does a honey badger really need prep time? Like, they seem very much go, go, go. There's a Formula 1 driver called Daniel Ricciardo, and his nickname is the honey badger. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine, like, uh, like you know, like, headstrong by traps starts playing in their heads. It's just like, <laughs> there it goes! <laughs> <laughs>